Good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm Erica Allen. I'm one of the pastors here. Um, I've been running around a little bit this morning, so can we all just bow our heads and, and just say a quick prayer together this morning. God of grace and love, we give you thanks that we are able to be here right now. And when our minds and our bodies and everything else is racing in a million different directions, we ask you, God, just to help us to be present right here, to hear from you what it is you want to say to us this morning. And God, just as we have sang with our words, we're, we're counting every blessing, every gift, every good gift that you've given to us this morning. And we pray most of all, God, that you will use us as a gift to others in this world. We love you, and we thank you so much for this moment right here. Help us to be present and hear from you this morning. Thank you for speaking to us. Amen. So um, during the pandemic, um, Team Allen grew a little bit. We added a baby in the middle of the pandemic, but we also added three chickens to our, um, to our family. I think I have some pictures of them here. Yes, yes. So that's their coop. They live in our backyard now. These are three little chickens. The white one is named Chicoletta, and the other two don't have names yet, but they will um, as we continue to get to know them. They have been an equal part of fun and exciting. It's been amazing to watch them sort of peck around our yard and um, a good amount stressful. You can see um, this might be one of the reasons they're stressful. The kids are always wanting to pet them and pick them up and do things with them. They're like, don't touch the chicken that way. Um, so they're an equal part, just fun and exciting and and they make me really nervous and stressed and anxious when the kids start going after them too. But we, we have loved having these chickens. And this week I was paying attention to how our chickens live their lives. I don't know. I, if, if, I, if God wants me to be fired up about being a human, I want to see what fires chickens up. That's what I decided uh, to do this week. So I watched them this week, and they, they just peck around my backyard looking for, for bugs to eat or for little seeds to pick up or, or whatever. They, they just spend their life sort of pecking at things. But I also recognized that, yeah, you see them. Aren't they cute? Just pecking, pecking. But I also noticed that every noise that happens in the yard sends them, like, they, they get startled and they run back towards their coop, their, their house, their safe place in our yard. Uh, when, when David, they can hear David, you know, just open the back door and they take off. <laughs> back to, I don't know why they would do that. Back to their coop. Um, they just, they live their lives sort of scared of every noise, every shadow, every movement. They just are super scared of everything. I realize why on the playground people say, you're a chicken. Remember that when you were little, how people would say like, you're a chicken. It's because chickens are literally scared all of the time. They live their lives just absolutely scared. But I also noticed this about them, that when they're living their lives scared and anxious and afraid and stressed about what's next, when they absolutely just are, are like running around all over my yard scared to death, this is what I noticed interrupts their fear and anxiety and gets them back to living just like chickens eating the bugs in my yard. This is what they do. They look down at the gift right at their feet and they bend down and they peck it and they eat it. They look down at the gift right underneath their feet, and they eat it. And they live their lives on and on and on. What interrupts their fear and their anxiety and their being stressed and their worry about noises and movements and shadows is they look down right at their feet, the gift that's right at their feet, and they pick it up and eat it. In my chicken-loving mind, I just imagine them going, thank you, God, that I'm safe. Here's a gift right now at my feet. I'm going to pick it up. Thank you for it, God. They interrupt their stress 
and their fear and their anxiety by pecking at the gift right under their feet. And this week, I was reading in the Bible, Romans chapter 12, 1 through 8, and I realized something, guys, so many of us live like those chickens, absolutely scared to death of what, what might be coming next. Every noise, we hear, we hear something on the news and it scares us. It stresses us out. It worries us about the future. The movement, God moves us towards something else in our lives and we start to become scared and worried and look around and run around just wanting to go back to safety. Things happen in the world and all we want to do is go back to our safe place in our house and hide away from everything in the world, even the good and abundant gifts right under our feet. We live our lives like these chickens, not we, I. I saw myself in those chickens so much this week, so busy and worried and scared and stressed that I couldn't see the gifts right under my feet and bend down and peck them and be thankful for them. So many of us are living our lives like those chickens. And we, we, what I didn't mention earlier is we started out with four chickens and now we only have three. So maybe those chickens are afraid for good reason. We were eating dinner, I left the chickens out before they were big enough and a hawk scooped in and, and took one of my little chicks with them and so now the Allen chicken family only has three instead of four chickens. So maybe they have good reason to live their lives scared and worried, right? Many of us have, re have good reason to live our lives scared and worried. We know what it's like. Right? We know what it's like to be like those chickens. And, and just in any moment, something could be swooped right out from under us. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean that God hasn't given us gifts right under our feet. And if we want to live as fired up people, we got to pay attention to those gifts right under our feet. This is what Paul tells the people in Romans. They're living their lives just like these chickens. They're scared, much like us. They're scared. They don't trust the government. They don't trust what's coming next. They're, they're worried about the economy could collapse at any moment. It feels fragile and frail to them. They're, they're worried about that. They're worried about their kids and their families and their, their families' futures. They're worried about that. And, and Paul says, guys, you got you to calm down just a little bit, right? Paul says this in Romans 12, 1 through 8. This, this is what I love about Paul. He was a pastor to these people in Romans. He loved them. He loved them. He did not want them living like those chickens, afraid of the government, scared, right, stressed about the future, maybe even worried about their own shadows. What if I fail? What if I fall behind? What if I can't measure up? Paul doesn't want them living like that anymore because he knows God has a different dream and a different purpose for them and their lives. And, and, and he prays, God, give me words to tell these people in, in Rome. Give me words to help them live as your fired up people in the world. Because he loved them so much, he wanted them living out God's dream in the world. And I want you to listen. This is what, this is what he says. Therefore, in Romans 12, verse 1, he says, therefore, because you've lived as scared people, as worried people, because you've forgotten the gift that we have through the love and grace of Jesus Christ. Therefore, because you're living like this, I urge you, brothers and sisters, Paul says, these words are written to us today too, folks. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in view of God's infinite and powerful and graceful love for your life, in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, 
holy and pleasing to God. Listen to this. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Don't be scared of everything. Don't, don't go worrying about all the things the world tells you to be worried about. Do not conform to the pattern, pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the new thing God is doing in you, then you will be able to test and approve what's God, what God's will is. If you don't know what's next or, or, or what God's voice sounds like, then stop living in the pattern of this world and start paying attention to the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. It's easier. It's easier to pay attention to the gifts at our feet when we trust in God's good and pleasing and perfect will for our lives. For by the grace given to me, I say to every one of you, by the grace, he says, not because I, I'm smarter than you or better than you, but because God, I have prayed that you will give me grace to speak to these people. And, and God says, tell them, don't think more of yourself. Do not think your, of yourself more highly than you all. Don't think more of yourself, but rather think of yourself with sober ju judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. You have eyes and ears and, and fingers and toes and hands and feet, just as all of them have their own function. So in Christ, through the work and love and power of Jesus Christ, we, though many, there's a lot of people in here, though many, we form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. You hear that? We need you. Each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then roll up your sleeves and serve. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give someone some encouragement. If, if it is giving, then give and give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. In churches, when, when for thousands of years, when people have read the words that God has given to people to share with people, even now as they come alive, you say, the, the leader says, thanks be to God. This is the word of God for the people of God. And the people sitting there say, thanks be to God. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Can you say thanks be to God? Thanks be to God to God. This morning, there are, there are three things I think that Paul offers us that we may live our lives fired up, as fired up people for God. We can't be scared. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, quit being so scared. And, and he says this word, he says, a living sacrifice, not a scared of failing sacrifice, not a, I'm just barely surviving sacrifice, not a, I'm not sure if I can measure up sacrifice, a living sacrifice, a fully alive and living out your gifts sacrifice. Alive, fully alive, a living sacrifice. And a sacrifice is when we give everything that we have to God because we know through Jesus there is nothing that's too scary or too powerful. Death doesn't even have the last words. We are supposed to live fully alive as sacrifices. What does it mean to give everything we have for this dream God has for our lives and for the world? A living sacrifice. 
In the Old Testament, they talked about sacrifices. People would bring sacrifices to offer to God to, to show that, you know, they were sorry for what they'd done or, or for, you know, what they wanted God to do in the future. They'd bring these sacrifices. So when, when Paul says bring a living sacrifice, these people are like, can you imagine the thing I bring just crawling right off the altar? But this is what God asks us to do, not to stay in here not to stay in this place, not to just sit scared in, in our homes and, and reading our Bibles in our safe places, but to be a living, fully alive sacrifice, serving and teaching and leading and showing encouragement and mercy and love. God asks us to be a living sacrifice. And so that means you're going to have to pay attention to those things that are keeping us from living. What is it this week that's kept you from living. What's the first thing you do when you get up in the morning? You know, the first thing I do, I roll over and I look at my phone. What does it look like this week if as a living sacrifice, you roll over and the first thing you say is, God, use me for your dream in the world. Use me to be a part of your dream coming alive in this world. May others be encouraged because of me. May they know mercy because of me. May they know love because of me. What if the first thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning isn't pull on your, your running clothes or go stumble to the coffee pot? What if the first thing you do is say, use me today, God, as a living, a fully alive sacrifice for you and for your dream in the world. Let everything I do be about making sure that others know they are loved and encouraged. This is a good and pleasing dream that God has for your life. So to be a living sacrifice this week, you're going to have a moment in the morning to decide whether you're going to be a living sacrifice or a scared to death or a, afraid you're not going to measure up or a worried about everything sacrifice, or you can choose to be a living sacrifice, a fully alive sacrifice. So in the morning, what does it look like to say, God, use me as a living sacrifice? The second thing that, that Paul tells him, so the first thing to live as a fired up per, um, person for God is to be a living sacrifice, a fully alive person ready to give it all for God's good and perfect dream in the world. The second thing is to be you. Did you hear that? When, when Paul said, by the grace given to me, I, I, I tell you, don't think of yourself more than you are. But don't think of yourself too low either. You don't need a better job. You don't need to work 25 out of 24 hours of the day to prove yourself. God doesn't need you doing that. God needs you fully alive, not exhausted and worn out and stressed. God doesn't need you to read every single parenting book and nail every single parenting move. God doesn't need you to do that. God doesn't need you to be perfect in your job. God doesn't need you always thinking you've got to do better and do, do better and do better and do better. God doesn't need that. What your boss thinks about you doesn't matter. I love you, but even what, what, your, what, your, no, what your husband or spouse or whatever, what they think about you, that doesn't matter. Don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to, and don't be worried about everybody else thinking highly of you. Just be you. But listen to this. I, I also, God doesn't want you living your life thinking you're no good. You have a purpose. You are God's good gift. You have some special and amazing things that only you can do in the world. I, I don't know. I don't know if you are bringing guilt from something you've done before in your life. I don't know if you're bringing shame from something in your past. I don't know what it is you bring here this morning. But in the face of God, that doesn't matter. You have a purpose. So don't think too high of yourself, but don't think God can't use you in mighty ways to do mighty things. Think 
of, of yourself like God thinks of you. Just be you. Those chickens know they're not smarter or faster or stronger than a hawk, but they also know they're not just a, a blade of grass. They, they, they're chickens, and, and, and they, they live into being a chicken. You are you. You're Bobby and Chris, and, and, and you're, you're you. Be you. That's what God needs you to do is just be you. And the third thing is to be a gift to the world. You are a gift, and you've been given gifts, and you were given those gifts to share them with the world. Did you hear that? There, there are many members of us here. That's what, what, that's what the verse says. There are many of us, each called to do a special function. Some of us are called to teach and, and, and go help with Horizon Kids. Sign up right now. Put that in your connection card. I am a teacher. What does it look like for me to teach other kids about the love of Jesus every single Sunday? What does it look like for me to actually be a teacher? I'm called to be a leader. Then step up to the places where God is, is showing you there needs to be a leader. Step up and lead and do it diligently. Do it well. God needs you to lead. Some of you are really good at encouragement. I guarantee you tomorrow, those of you who are amazing at encouraging others, I guarantee you there's somebody tomorrow who's going to need your word of encouragement. God's dream in the world will come alive because he's given you the ability to encourage others. Some of you are really good at showing mercy and forgiving and looking at the future. Show mercy tomorrow morning, this afternoon. Have y'all lived in the world I've lived in? We're desperate and hungry. Have you turned on the news? Have you watched the things in our world? Do you see that people have a real reason to be scared and worried about the future? Their, their skin color, it matters. The amount of money they make, it matters. Where we live, all of this matters. And it worries us and it scares us, but God has given us a gift right under our feet. And God has asked us to share those gifts with the world. If you want to be fired up and not scared, pay attention to the gifts God has given you right at your feet. And know that when God asks you to be you and to live that out teaching or serving or encouraging or leading, God's asked you to do that for a reason. When I, when I first became a pastor, I was an associate pastor at a brand new church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, right outside of Nashville. We met in a middle school cafeteria. Y'all want to know the name of it? Wilson Middle School. We met in a cafeteria, of, like in a gym at Wilson Middle School. And I, I, lo I loved being a part of that church. I, I heard on my life again what God had asked me to do to, to start new churches, even though it's scary. Pay attention to the gift right under your feet. This sermon's as much for me this morning as it is for any of you. But there was a guy there. His name was Dan Lenz. He was the executive director of, of the church. His job was to make sure that all the like details and systems were in place. So he's the reason we had slides on Sunday morning. He's the reason the sound system was set up. He reminds me a little bit of, of, uh, of Chris Allen. Uh, just a, just an executive pastor making sure all the things are in order. And he took me out to lunch the first week that I was I was um, on, on staff at Providence, and I said, how did you become a pastor? How did you become this, in this executive role? How did you get here for Providence? And he said, well, Erica, I was working as a lawyer at a, at a big firm, a big deal firm in Nashville, and I kept coming to this church. I was at a place in my life where I felt disconnected from God and God's dream for my world. I, 
I, I liked being a lawyer, but I wasn't fired up about it anymore, Erica, you know? And I'm like, no, I'm fresh out of grad school. I'm like really fired up and excited. But now on this side of it, I'm like, yes, I get it. Sometimes you're not as fired up um, as you once were. He said, but I, I, I wasn't fired up about being a lawyer and going into work every single day. But I got fired up about coming to church. And then I started showing up, and I, I'd show up two hours early, and I'd help set up chairs and the sound systems. And before long, I'm doing the slides, and, and before long, I'm helping organize the kids' ministry, and I, I'm doing all these executive roles. And one day, Jacob, the senior pastor, looked at me, and he said, you know, we do not have the kind of money that you make being a lawyer. We cannot pay you that, but we'd really like you to consider being full-time here at Providence. And, and Dan said yes, and, and he, he literally, like, teared up. He's this big guy. You can see him right there this big guy, and he, he teared up, and he said, Erica, I am fired up about what I do now. I had a gift right at my feet just to continue to lead and serve in the way God had given me right at my feet through my church, and I decided to say yes. This is Dan. So Providence moved out of a middle school um, gym and into a building, and this is the first steps of Providence Church, um, the building that they came into. And Dan helped to lead that with his gifts of, like, systems and organizing. And, and he's the reason that 800 and some people are meeting today in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, inside a sanctuary connecting to God who wants to make sure they know the hope, healing, and wholeness offered to Jesus Christ. Because he said, yes, that church continues to grow because he could create a system and an infrastructure for that church to continue to reach people with this dream that God has, that there's a new day. And I asked Dan, I called him this week, and I said, Dan, can I share your story with my people at Horizon? He's like, do you really think they need to hear my story? And I said, yes, they do. Because I know there is somebody in this room right now who isn't living fired up as you used to be. Maybe you can't quit your job right now, but what does it look like for you to say yes to the things that do give you energy and are firing you up? What does it say yes for you to pick up the gift God has given you right at your feet right now and to roll your arms, your sleeves up and to serve, to lead, to teach, to encourage, to show mercy. Because this is the deal, guys. There were 800 and some people in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, who needed Dan Lenz to help create a system and a structure for them to meet in small groups and connect to Jesus Christ who offers them hope and healing and wholeness. And I promise you guys, I live in this world. God needs you fired up about making sure people know that God wants to shine a light in their darkness that God wants to ignite a change in their pain and desperation. God is ready to use you this morning. Can you say yes to being fired up? Can you pray right now? God, thank you so much for your gift uh, through Jesus Christ that we may know freedom and, and grace again, God. Thank you for that. Can you pray for that this morning? Can you say, God, use me as a living sacrifice? that others may know about this dream that you have for me? Can you be you exactly who it is God created you to be? Can you be content in exactly who and what God has created you to be? And can you live fired up, sharing the gifts God has given you with a world desperate for them, desperate for them? Next Sunday, we 
I have enjoyed meeting right here. We're going to continue to worship here starting the first Sunday in May. But next week, we are going to take that verse of, of being a body and sharing the love and the gifts of Jesus out in the world. Next week, we're going to do that. And you can go online right now to horizontpa.info, and we are going to worship. We are going to truly serve, just like it says, the most pure and great form of worship sometimes is to serve and to use our gifts. And we've been given gifts. And so next week, we're going to worship without walls. We're going to serve students at Shermonte Elementary Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. Come here. We're going to sing and pray real quick and then send you out to make a difference in the world. To, to help at Shermonte Elementary School, at Gandy Civic Center, we, there were 150 households served food that they needed this week. This week, there were 150 households, and they deserve, the, it's set out grocery, style, grocery store style. They deserve the cleanest, best-looking grocery store style food distribution there has ever been. And Horizon's going to make sure the grass is trimmed, the building is clean, and it looks good so that people know about the hope and the healing and the wholeness, the light and the change that God wants for their lives. There's going to be opportunities for your kids. Bring your kids. We're providing child care the whole time. If you want to go work at a site, there's going to be opportunities for your kids to serve. We are going to take this serious. We are going to be a living sacrifice, fully alive, and giving it all to make sure God's dream of love and hope and wholeness is known in this entire city. So next week, Worship Without Walls, 9 a.m. I hope to see you. I hope to see you there. But if, if this morning, this is you've not connected to the God who's ready to help you live your life fired up, I, I pray that you'll speak to me or Chris before you leave. Because God is ready for you to be connected to Jesus, who's ready for you to be fired up about this dream in the world. Will you pray with me? God, I thank you for each and every person here this morning. I thank you for the gifts that you've given them. I thank you for the story that they've lived out. And I thank you, God, that you're so powerful through what you did for us through Jesus Christ that every part of our story matters and can be used as a gift by you to the world. I thank you for every person in here who can teach and lead, who can prophesy and serve, who can show mercy and encourage. God, I thank you for them. And I pray that you will make those gifts come alive in them, that these people will be living sacrifices, shining your light and igniting your change like crazy this week, God. I pray, I pray you'll use us just as we are to help your dream of shining light and igniting change to come alive in the world. Amen. Each of you, each week at um, Horizon, we take a moment to have communion. It's a moment where we remember what it is God has done for us. So if you have this little cup with you, if you'll go ahead and get it out. Um, on the night before Jesus gave himself up for us, the night before Jesus died on the cross for us, he met in, a, in an upper room with his disciples, his best friends who'd been living this life of shining light and igniting change, being a living sacrifice. He met in an upper room with them, and they had, they had a meal together. And at that meal, Jesus said, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be here forever. Things are about to get crazy. You're going to be scared of what's coming next. You might, you might live like a chicken for a little bit. But, but I want to tell you something, guys. Right now, I am giving a gift that is right under your feet. I'm going to give my body so that you may know hope and healing and wholeness. And so he took bread at the meal, and he gave thanks to God for the bread. Top, this, this little plastic. He gave thanks to God for the bread. It was, it was good, amazing bread. He gave thanks to God for that bread. And he said, this is my body. This is my gift given to you. 
that the whole world may know about hope and wholeness and healing through me. And then after the meal was over, he took a cup, a cup of wine, and he, he gave thanks to God. We have grape juice this morning, don't worry. He gave thanks to God for that gift. And he said, this is my blood, which is given for you because you're going to mess up. You're not going to use your gifts the way you're supposed to all the time. You're going to live scared and afraid. You're going to miss out on opportunities, but that's okay. I forgive you. This is a gift of forgiveness. And I want you to know the power of it. So drink this and remember, remember the goodness of my forgiveness and love and mercy given to you. And now go share it with the world. It's going to be hard some days, guys to be hard, but I want you to share it with the world. And so this morning, as we took this bread and as we drank this juice, may you know God wants to use you to shine light and ignite change.